While we're experiencing technical difficulties here, and Landon's switching over on the, on the page here, I want to uh, point your attention to these invitations that are over here on the, on the stand as you come in. Um, these are invitations to Christmas Eve service. We're going to have a lot of fun at Christmas Eve worship, okay? Um, and your friends and your family, Christmas Eve is the number one day they are most amenable to coming to worship with you. So please invite them with one of these, okay? And uh, yeah, yeah. None of those? Well, yeah, I guess you, if you're your only child, you're the favorite, of course, aren't you? <laughs> For those of you who want to participate, go to minty.com on your device and enter that code. <laughs> I thought I would stir the pot a little bit today before we started. Um, you can fight with your siblings later, okay? So that's just want to get everybody working in there. As, as we're going today. So remember, invite somebody. We have two worship services for that day. We even have a website set up, christmasinrochester.com. Okay, christmasinrochester.com. It's got all the invitation in material that you need. Christmas in Rochester. Looks like everybody thinks they're the favorite. Followed by sister. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right. Well, we're gonna we're gonna switch on here. Thanks for thanks for voting, guys. So today is the second Sunday of Advent. Advent meaning that time of waiting for Jesus to come. Last Sunday was the Sunday of peace. We lit the candle of peace. We talked about peace. How Isaiah said that in coming days, when the Messiah came, when God finally showed up, people would would not learn war anymore. They would build they would build out of their swords. They would hammer them into, into plowshares and their spears would be turned into pruning hooks. War would be no more. Thanks be to God. Peace in Christ Jesus. Today, the second Sunday, I have named the Sunday of Justice. Our theme for the for the month is future unique. God has a unique future for us as the world. And it includes justice. No, not about me. Um, it's about God's justice, okay? And God's desire for it. Today is the Sunday of justice. The future God has for us, the unique future in Jesus, the Messiah, is justice. Now, I'd like to start off with a story about rats, okay? You can see a really fat one right there. Um, and, and, and the one in the... No, I'm kidding. This guy's name is Yak Panksep. Anybody familiar with Yak Panksep? No, no. Yak Panksep is a neuro researcher uh, from, from years gone by. And Yak, he worked with rats and he found some really interesting stuff. Uh, he found, first of all, that rats actually giggle when you tickle them. Not kidding. And that's pretty insignificant. But the second, another thing that he also found out is that. What Yak Pen, this guy, what he would do when he would, he would pair up young rats to play, and they would play in roughhouse. You know how, you know how kids are, right? They really roughhouse and rumble. You know, mom's yelling, somebody's going to get hurt, right? And somebody breaks the clock. Or, that rats do that too. They giggle when you tickle them, and they roughhouse. Young rats love to roughhouse. And so what this researcher would do, he paired up two rats, 
consistently, the same rats. And of course, they weren't the same size. One was a little bigger and one was a little smaller. And, and what old Yock found out was that the big rat, of course, would, when they were roughhousing, would pin, would pin the little rat, right? I mean, that big brother always beats up on little brother or sisters, right? Sister beats up on little sister. And, but what Yock Panksep found out, that big rat would let little rat win, 30% of the time so that little rat would continue playing. Because if little rat always got beat up, little rat would be like, I'm not playing, man. <laughs> get, get out of here, big, and big rat. And big rat wouldn't enjoy the game anymore, right? So he discovered that big rat lets little rat win 30% of the time so that little rat would keep playing. Okay, so what? Okay, well, we'll get this. So what? That shows me... I totally nerding out. That shows me that the that fairness and justice show up in the bio, the biology that God has created. That God's desire for fairness and justice are shown even in biology of rats. So so says my interpretation of that. I don't know what Yach would say about it, but that's what I say. Right? I'm not a scientist. I'm a theologian, and that's what I say. That God's desire for justice shows up in His creation. And so what? The arrival of Jesus the Messiah shows God's desire for justice in this world and in your life and in my life. In our society, in every society around the world, for God's creation, and for everything. The arrival of Jesus the Messiah shows God's desire for justice. Now I'm going to throw a wowie at you here. Those of you that have your connection, and those of you that don't have your connection, why don't you yell out, what do you suppose, what's justice, Maddie? that everyone has their own special way of doing things. That's justice, okay? What's justice? Your last name. My last name, yes. Yes, yes. Clearly, I had a family member who was a judge at one point in time. Okay, someone else. What's justice? You, some people are shooting up here. If you don't have a, a device, what's justice? Fairness, equality. Balance and wisdom, what's right, not popular. Equal opportunity, karma, winning, winning, strength, fairness, pastor, <laughs> pastor, yeah, yeah. Uh, punishment, oh, punishment, okay, service. But you'll see the big ones here are fairness and equality and balance, right? Many more people are, are hitting those than, than the others. Getting what you deserve Yep, dominating. Oh, so we have a negative view. Okay, reciprocity. Fun to write, fun to say. Nice. Getting with you equal opportunity. Okay. Justice is hard. Justice is hard. I'll, I'll share that with you in a minute. 
I'd like to read to you today the, the passage that we have. Now, think about this as, as we keep talking. The, the thing that I'd like to read to you today, if you have your Bible, turn with it or look here. Isaiah chapter 11, verses 1 through 10. The prophet Isaiah, again, speaking to the people of Israel for God, says this. A shoot shall come out of the stump of Jesse. Jesse, uh, David's dad, right? Jesse was David, King David's dad, remember? A shoot shall come out of the stump of Jesse, and a branch shall grow out of his roots. The spirit of the Lord shall rest on him, the spirit of wisdom and understanding, the spirit of counsel and might, the spirit of knowledge and fear of the Lord. His delight shall be in the fear of the Lord. He shall not judge by what he sees or decide by what his ears hear, but with righteousness he shall judge the poor and decide with equity for the meek of the earth. He shall strike the earth with the rod of his mouth and with the breath of his lips he shall kill the wicked. Righteousness shall be the belt around his waist and faithfulness the belt around his loins. The wolf shall live with the lamb, the leopard shall lie down with the kid. Little goat, right? The calf and the lion and the fatling together and the little child shall lead them. The cow and the bear shall graze. Their young shall lie down together, and the lion shall eat straw like the ox. The nursing child shall play over the hole of the asp, a snake, right? Poisonous snake. And the weaned child shall put his hand on the adder's den. Here again, a snake. They will not hurt or destroy on all my holy mountain. For the earth will be full of the knowledge of the Lord as the water covers the sea. On that day, the root of Jesse shall stand as a signal to the peoples. The nations shall inquire of him, and his dwelling shall be glorious. Isaiah, the word of the Lord, chapter 11. Now in Isaiah, in Isaiah here, he's speaking about a small tree that grows out of the the line of David, David's dad, so as to not get it too connected to David. A small, and you've seen these, right? When you cut down a tree. If you, if you don't treat the stump, you don't do it right, a small shoot will come. And after a while, this small shoot will grow so large, so says Isaiah, that it will cover the whole earth. He's talking here about one who is coming who will have wisdom. One is coming who will have knowledge. One is coming who will have wisdom and the fear of the Lord. One is coming who will uphold the poor and strike the wicked. One is coming who will do all of these things. One is coming, one is coming, one is coming. And this Advent season, that's what we're doing. We are waiting for the coming one. And as Christians, we believe that the coming one is Jesus, our Christ, our Messiah, Jesus, the long-awaited one who brings justice and hope and peace and mercy to all his creation. And not only do we believe that Jesus brought it, we believe that Jesus brings it every day right? Because that's what it means to be a believer in Christ. Not that it was a one-off event, but that is a continual event that every day we see the risen Jesus bringing justice in his world. 
And we all want it, don't we? We all want justice. We 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 like it's in our bones. Now you go to any you go to any playground, what are you gonna hear? That's not fair. Right? Hey, hey, they, they that's not fair. Or or it is fair. Right? Like kids know it in their bones. Ask them to tell, well, what does fairness mean? I, but they know it when they see it. Right? In 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 adult land, we all think we know what fairness is and we want it. We want, want like like on the what equality and equal opportunity. We we know we, we want justice, we want fairness, we we want these things. And adults speak of when we get wronged or when some violent criminal, you know, well they got justice. Justice was served, we say. I mean even rats know about it for crying out loud. Fairness. But we all want it. But what it is evades us. What justice is evades us. I mean, I had I had a hard time with this all week. Let me just let me share you a little bit of my creative process this week. I was bashing my head against the wall for two and a half days trying to write what I was going to say to you today. In my 21 years of preaching, I'm not sure I've ever done a full sermon on justice because it is so amorphous and hard to pin down. What is it? And I was thinking and I was reading articles online, things that were guaranteed to put you to sleep. And I was listening to experts lecture on what justice was. And you know what? They would always give these really long examples and and reasonings and, and citing different sources. And then in the last paragraph, they would always say, but really, we don't know what it is. It's so changeable and it may, it's different things in different times and different ways. And you really can't nail down what justice is. Thanks. So I'm supposed to stand up here and say, God wants it, but we don't know what it is. So, well, let's go eat coffee and, I mean, drink coffee and eat donuts. Right? (laughs) So talk about a letdown. So I was banging my head. I mean, we all want it, but what is it? You ask this woman here with the really cool red nails, what do you want? What is it that you want? Well, she could give her opinion of what she particularly thinks it is at the moment. But other than that, I'm I'm going to assume she really doesn't know what it is, just as I don't know what it is. Let me me rewind here. In Isaiah, this coming one will not judge with what he sees or decide by what he hears. But in righteousness he shall judge the poor and in equity. And we can only do justice when we know everything, can't we? And we don't know everything. We don't know hardly anything. So what is justice? And what does that have to do with Jesus? And what does that have to do with Christmas? What does that have to do with coming of Jesus at Christmas time and the unique future God has for us and Isaiah and what I... Oh, where's those donuts? Okay, then Wednesday. Wednesday afternoon. Wednesday afternoon it hit me. I thought, well, since we're Christian folk, maybe I ought to quit listening to law professors. 
<laughs> Maybe I ought to quit reading about psychoanalysts who are studying rats. Maybe I should start thinking about Christian stuff. And so where's that found? That's in here. What in, this, in, in, in the Bible and what about Jesus? And Jesus reveals to us and God revealed all this stuff to us. And I thought, all right, well, let's go to the Bible then. <laughs> hey, there you go. Not a bad place to start when you say you're a Christian. So I went to the Bible. And where do you start? Well, you start at the beginning. And so I looked at the beginning. In Genesis, you see, you see God expecting certain actions of people. Do this. Don't do this. Don't kill your brother, Cain. That's bad news. He gets punished for it. God has these expectations, right? God says this and do that. Okay, great. Then later, let's skip ahead some, some to the next book, Exodus, where, where God finds Israel in slavery to Egypt. And as the Broadway play, let my people go, right? So, so Israel brought, you didn't even laugh. Wow, hard crowd today. So, so God brings them out of slavery because God knows that that's not just slavery. And at the bottom base of Mount Sinai, God gives them the law of Moses, right? The covenant all the way through there. And it's this intricate, beautiful construction about justice and how things are supposed to look. It's about how we're supposed to treat one another and not treat one another. How we're supposed to treat God and not treat God. It's, it, it builds justice. And, and so I thought, okay, well, I don't want to read all of that. So let's skip ahead a little bit, shall we? And just to say something really interesting about the law of Moses. The law of Moses was really cool, guys, because it, it talked about how to treat other people. Well, so what? It's a religious construction about how to treat other people. All the other religions around Israel at the time, their religion was only about how to treat your God, not about how you treat other people. And here comes these Jews, these Israelites, with this religion that says you treat God this way and not this way, and you treat others this way and not this way. It was a marvel. It was amazing. It was revolutionary. We take it for granted because we are heirs of that system. But God has given to us this beautiful thing now, skip ahead really quickly. Skip ahead to the gospel. Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Okay, that's a good place, right? Since we're like Christians, it's a good place to go. So I, I jump ahead, and then I'm thinking about what Jesus said. This dude came up to Jesus. He's like, hey, you, what's the 10 that I should, I mean, what's the most important Right? Maybe he wanted like Ten Commandments light so he could keep them or something. He's like, what's the most important? And Jesus says, two. You remember the two. What's number one? Love God. Yeah, you looked up there, cheaters. Love God with everything. And the second is like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. Jesus said, upon these two hang all the law and the prophets. So everything that we read in Moses that Moses brought down from God to Israel is found in these two right here. Love God, love your neighbor 
as yourself. So all of those descriptions by God about what justice is is brought down into these two things. And that was my epiphany. Because I know what this looks like. I don't know what squishy justice looks like, but I know what loving God and loving neighbor looks like. And so often it doesn't look like me. But I know what this looks like. And, and then during, on the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus said, hey, you all know it. We, 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 we give it a catchy name so that we ignore it. It's called the golden rule. Let's say it. Yeah, see, and you all have the King James Version. I don't know why we memorize King James Version. That's, you know, it's like the Lord's Prayer. Do unto others as you would have them do unto you. Jesus said, on these, this is the entire law and the prophets. Love your neighbor as yourself. That was my epiphany here, guys. This is what God says judge, um, justice is. Now hang with me because I'll explain it. This is what God says it is. This is the Christian definition of what justice is. Because it's not what you think at the moment. It's not what I think at the moment. Let me give you a horrible example of what not to do. Last night I was really angry. Some guy in a truck came up on me on the exit ramp just over here. I was doing the speed limit. He thought I was in his way. He was six inches off my tail. So I did the Jesus thing. I slowed down to 15 miles an hour. <laughs> My wife was, yeah, yeah, don't clap. It's horrible. My wife was shrieking at me. <laughs> you are going to kill us all. I, I guess she, she tells me she was shrieking. I heard none of it. Because I was in stupid land, right? I knew what justice was. Get off my tail. I'm doing nothing wrong. See, that's what I thought. What if his wife was having a baby or his dad just had a heart attack and he was trying? I was slowing down to 15. Now, he was being a jerk, but I didn't know why. He, of course, spun around me and tried to slam on his brakes, right? And she's shrieking loud. I'm thinking, okay, if I had a pistol, would I kill him? You're, oh, wait a minute. You see? You see where justice like that treats you, takes you to? I thought I was right. If he got out of his truck and I had a pistol, would I kill him? You see? That's what me thinking justice is. That's what justice does. Because we take up justice in our own hands and it turns bloody. It turns vile. Because that's what I am. God forgive me. Thank you for letting me stand in front of you today. Let's go back to, let's go back here. He will judge by more than his eyes see and his ears hear because with your eyes and ears you don't know what justice is. Unless you know every detail of everything, you do not know how to judge. So I let go of my concept of justice and I ask your forgiveness for being a misbehaving pastor last night. But this I know. So let's wind this up. Here's my conclusion. 
God's answer to justice is love others as yourself. Love God fully. Treat others as you want to be treated. So what does this say about Christmas and the unique future God has for us? What does this say? I begin with myself while I'm driving a car at 15 miles an hour, infuriating the man behind me who's flashing his lights and honking his horn. I look at my thoughts. I look at my words and I look at my actions. Aaron, are you bringing justice in this world or are you bringing evil? Do I treat others justly? What does that mean? That means going back. Am I loving them as myself? Was I loving that man as myself last night? No, I was not. Was I loving God last night? Was I showing him Jesus last night? Oh, hey, now that I've beaten you to a pulp because we got out of the trucks and we threw down, I want to tell you about Jesus who loves you a lot. Come to our church. Oh, oh, by the way, here, while the ambulance is coming for one of us, here's a Christmas invitation. Yeah? It's a bad idea. You see, I'm a stupid man. Am I treating others the way I wanted to be treated in every way? Am I thinking of others in the way I want to be thought of in every way? Am I saying things the way I want to be treated in every way? Am I worshiping God in my deeds, thoughts, saying all of that? Is it good? Is it God glorifying? Because if it's not, I am in justice. If it is, I am of God's justice. How is it with us? Thoughts, words, deeds. Loving us, loving others, loving God. No finger pointing here, everybody. No finger pointing. Those are, you know what I mean? Like, like the lady with the sign, we want justice. That often means the people who disagree with you. Right? And here again, back to the problem of wanting justice in your own eyes because when we want justice in our own eyes, we don't work for their redemption. We work for their destruction. I was at the pastor's gathering on Thursday. One of the pastors said, I'm fine with this Methodist church blowing to bits because I'd rather not be with those people. Um, and I'm, I'm referring to the, to, the, to the conflict in the UM church right now about the, the issue of uh, full inclusivity of those of uh, the LGBT community. Big discussion. She was willing to blow up everything, the unity of the church, just to not be with those people. And the words she bit them out as she said them. You think you work for justice, but you are working for your opinion. Are you working to heal and whole and build, or are you working for your own ideas? Jesus will, Jesus will judge by more than he sees, more than he hears. And he will restore, he will lift up, and the wicked he will judge. But only he, only God, not me, not you. No signs, no protests. Those do not judge. God alone does. 
Now, the next thing, after I look at myself, everybody, I look outward and I seek the true humanity of all people. That's justice. Seeking the true humanity of everybody that I come in contact with and everybody I don't know. You see, we break our humanity when we give it away. You know, like the Red Hot Chili Peppers said in the 90s, give it away, give it away, give it away now. We give it away when we... Some of you laugh. We, April hates that song, by the way. It's not a nice song. We give it away. We break it when we worship things that aren't of God. And we need to restore it. That's what the church is. We sang, build your kingdom here. Set our hearts on fire. Enable us to be true humanity. Like God wants us to be not worshiping other things, not worshiping idols, not broken by sin, not broken by death, not fearing death, not fearing hatred and vileness and evil and not participating in evil, being real. If a church stood up to that, would you want to be a part of it? I would. No longer reflecting the world but reflecting God seeking to restore the true humanity of everyone around us that's what people want when they say they want justice they want to be treated as human what does it mean to be human it means to look like God in the beginning God said let us create them in our own image male and female he created them the true image bearingness of God When people are treated as real humans, justice is done. When we treat ourselves with respect, justice is done. When we treat others with respect, justice is done. When we work to not steal the humanity of others around us. And what I mean by that is you can steal somebody's humanity in a lot of ways by being greedy, by uh, pornography, lots of different ways, by racism and sexism and all the other isms. You're stealing their humanity and pigeonholing them. All of those things steal humanity, but when we give humanity, justice is done. When we are creative, because God is creative, justice is done. Right? When we're creative, when we build true relationships between ourselves and our friends and our family, our acquaintances, justice is done. When we correct what has gone wrong, Justice is done. When people have enough, justice is done. You know, the the world has advanced so very far in technology and wisdom and, well, maybe not wisdom, technology and understanding and knowledge. Knowledge. There we go. Technology and knowledge. But you know what? The world is still a brutal, awful place, isn't it? Why do you suppose that is? 
it's time for us as a church to be the message of justice that Jesus brings at Christmas time. Proclaim justice, church, in your thoughts, in your words, in your deeds. Love others as yourself. Treat your neighbor as you would be treated. Do unto others as you would have done to you. And love the Lord your God with all your heart, your soul, your mind, and your strength. In this you will be doing justice. Then and only then do we understand the justice of God and the justice of Christmas. Do these things, then you can keep Christmas. Do these things. Be a worker of peace. Be a worker of justice. And you can keep Christmas.